Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Fit Body Happy Joints. We are talking about fitness challenges and how they can affect your metabolism, at least extreme fitness challenges. So this time of the year, fitness challenges are everywhere. And a lot of them are good intentioned. And I don't want to shame you for doing a fitness challenge that works for you. But if you've noticed, here at Evlo, we never do them. And this is because we don't really believe in time-bound extreme challenges. And in this episode, I want to explain why. Many people start a program in the new year or really any time in the year with the intention to get more fit. So maybe they want to lose weight or maybe they want to build muscle or both. When it comes to leanness, I've done an entire episode and talked about this a lot on the podcast, but exercise alone is just not very effective for fat loss. Study after study show that exercise results in marginal weight loss and is often compensated for by increased food intake. So you increase your activity and a lot of times people will overcompensate for that by increasing their food intake. So they're kind of, they get negligible results, if any. In fact, a systematic review, which a systematic review is one of the most quality forms of research, looked at 80 studies that showed exercise alone was not very significant for weight loss. So these studies were included if they followed the participants for over a year. So that says a lot, right? That unless you are adding dietary changes, exercise alone probably isn't going to move the needle very much when it comes to fat loss. But for decades, we have been taught that exercise is part of the equation for fat loss. And the truth is, it really isn't as important for fat loss as we've been led to believe. Study after study show that exercise alone provides modest, like three pounds of fat loss, if any. So I went into much further detail about this on my episode number 107. It's called Exercise and Leanness if you want to learn a bit more about that. Now, this isn't to say that you shouldn't be active or that increasing your activity couldn't help reach or maintain your fitness goals. I'm not saying that. I don't want to discourage you from being active. It's just not as significant as you think. And many people compensate with overeating when they're adding more activity because their body is sensing an energy deficit and will give you signs of hunger and make you potentially overeat and overshoot the the amount of calories that you're eating. Or what often happens is there's a psychological effect where people think they've quote unquote earned more food. And again, they overeat and potentially put themselves in a calorie surplus and end up either seeing no weight loss or sometimes they'll even gain weight. So that's fat loss. And again, I don't like to harp too much on fat loss. I like to just mention it because it's a reality and a goal for some people, but it's mostly going to come down to what you're eating, not how you're exercising. As far as building muscle, if your goal is to build muscle, which I think should be, you know, 99% of us listening should have the goal of building muscle because we're losing it as we age. We haven't been taught to build it or maintain it for most of us. So when it comes to building muscle, we know that muscle growth happens with time and patience. And one of my issues with some of these time-bound challenges is that they're usually short. They're usually like, you know, three weeks, four weeks, 21 days, whatever it may be. And this is usually because, um, it's easier to market and sell a program that's shorter, right? It's easier for them to take your money knowing that you only have to commit to three weeks. That's it. You can do anything for three weeks. But the problem is, is we know that number one, exercise alone isn't very effective for fat loss. So you're probably not going to see that 
that drastic of results in three weeks as far as fat loss. And then number two, when it comes to building muscle, muscle growth takes like seven-ish weeks or longer to see significant changes in. So if you're just doing this four-week challenge, you're not likely to see very significant muscle growth. In general, muscle building just doesn't bode well with these extreme fitness challenges that promise fast results. It takes proper programming. It takes slow progression because you want to avoid injury because muscle growth happens with sustained progressive overload over months, years, not over weeks and days. And you need to make sure that you're eating enough and that you have a protein-rich diet. But a lot of these intense programs will recommend lots of exercise, sometimes like two-a-day exercise programs, lots of heavy cardio, sweaty, you're burning a lot of calories, and then they'll pair that with really low calorie diet recommendations. And this often makes people just crash and burn, and it can actually affect your metabolism negatively. So this happens via metabolic adaptation, something that I haven't touched on too much because this is more related to diet than it is to exercise, but there is a little bit of an exercise component. So metabolic adaptation happens when energy out is greater than energy in, and it happens more severely the bigger that deficit. So the bigger your overall energy deficit, so the lower your calories and or the more energy you're expending from exercise, the more severe your overall metabolic adaptation. So if you're eating less and exercising more, or or if you're just eating less, or if you're just exercising more, the body will compensate by reducing overall expenditure. Your metabolism is really smart and is trying to conserve energy so that you have energy left in case there's an emergency. And this is just an evolutionary trait that we've developed over, you know, however many years. Your metabolism will adapt as soon as you start to cut calories and or at exercise. And this happens in a few ways. And one of the primary ways it happens is that you will unintentionally move less. And this is called neat non-exercise activity thermogenesis. This is fidgeting, talking with your hands, shaking your leg. Um, this is just walking up and up and down uh, the stairs in your house, showering, doing the dishes, things like that. You will unintentionally decrease how much you're moving throughout the day in order to save energy. Another way that your body will save energy and reduce your overall calorie expenditure and reduce your metabolism is that you will have reductions in basal energy requirements at the cellular level. So again, this is something that we can't control. This is like literally the chemical processes within your body will slow down in order to conserve your energy and keep you within like a narrow window of energy expenditure. I always say it's really difficult to accurately track your calories expended, your calories out because your metabolism is smart and it adapts when you add more activity and or eat less. So your fitness watch isn't necessarily taking that into consideration, right? It's just showing you your heart rate and it's estimating the amount of calories that you burn based on your heart rate and based on your movements. But it's not accounting for some of the basal energy uh, decreases that you might find when you start to have this metabolic adaptation kick in. So one interesting but extreme example of metabolic adaptation is the long-term study about the Biggest Loser contestants. So in case you're unfamiliar with The Biggest Loser, this was a show where 
individuals were put on extremely low calorie diets and they exercised intensely multiple times per day. And these contestants lost a significant amount of weight in this time. I think they, I think I read they were put on like a 65% calorie deficit, which is a huge calorie deficit. So let's say these participants had a 2000 calorie maintenance level just to maintain their body. And it might've been higher than that. might've been lower. I'm just using a nice round number. So if they were eating in a 65% calorie deficit, that would be like 700 calories a day. So it's really, really low amounts of food and really high amounts of exercise. So they obviously saw pretty significant and rapid weight loss within the show or within this time frame. Now, what was interesting is a study followed up with some of the contestants about six years later. And what they wanted to see is how these contestants did in the long term. And what they found was that most of them gained about two-thirds of the weight back. But what was interesting is that they had metabolic adaptation that followed them even six years later, even after they gained a lot of the weight back. So what they found is that they still burned about 500 calories less than they did before they started the Biggest Loser show. So they had a metabolic adaptation of about 500 calories per day. So this means that even though they gained the weight back, their metabolism didn't fully recover from the severe restriction in calories and the severe increase in exercise. Again, this is extreme. This is an extreme example, and it's likely not this high in most individuals. In fact, this metabolic adaptation tends to be more extreme as the deficit increases. So as your diet is more extreme and or your exercise routine is more extreme, your metabolic adaptation will then be more pronounced. Versus if you have more of a moderate or low deficit and you have a more moderate exercise routine, your metabolic adaptation will be less pronounced and maybe not noticeable at all. So that's metabolic adaptation, and it's one of the reasons why I don't recommend doing a fitness challenge where you are aggressively increasing your activity and or aggressively dropping your calories, because it might work in the short term, but you might have troubles maintaining that level because you're going to have metabolic adaptation, and it's just really extreme and hard to maintain. So that's why a lot of people will yo-yo. Not only does your metabolism adapt with lower food intake, but as you exercise, you get more efficient at burning energy. So you burn less of it with the same amounts of exercise or with the same efforts. So you have to maintain your activity level and even slowly increase your activity level as you get more fit and active in order to keep the same amount of energy expenditure. So this is why sudden increases in activity with that finish line, like that 21-day program or that four-week program where you're like, I'm going to push as hard as I can for this four weeks, but I have that finish line. This is why this can be unsustainable and cause yo-yoing because when you drastically increase activity and commit to that for a month or two months or whatever it is, your body accommodates to that level of activity and gets used to that level of activity. So when you hit the finish line, many people will take a long break or stop altogether or drastically reduce the amount of activity that they're they're doing because they were using willpower to get through or because their bodies hurt all over and they're like, okay, I finally made it to the end. I can stop doing this. Or they just can't sustain that amount of activity within their lifestyle. But their body is now used to that level of energy output from exercise. So their metabolism hasn't adjusted. So this is why some people will do a fitness challenge and see results, but then gain weight back or lose the results and kind of end end up back in square one or maybe even gain more weight than they did when they started the challenge. 
Now, many people start a challenge with the good intention that if they just commit to something for four weeks, that it will kickstart their new habit and it will continue on forever, or that they kind of need to shock their system into doing something extreme, and that if they just use willpower to do it every day, then by the end of the challenge, it will now be a habit, and they'll just it'll be a lifestyle change. I did an entire episode about habits. That's episode number 139 if you want to listen more, but it's actually a myth that it only takes 21 days to build a new habit. It actually takes more like 66 days or just over two months. And before that point, you're primarily using willpower to get through a new task or to develop a new habit. A habit doesn't take a lot of energy. It's just kind of something that you do in your day. You do it automatically. You don't have to think about it too much. But Before that, you're using a lot of willpower to ingrain it into your brain so that it becomes more or less effortless. And willpower is finite. Again, I talk about this in the episode, but it's finite, which means that you don't have endless amounts of willpower. And the more difficult and energy-consuming the task, the less likely we are to actually do the task and make it ingrained into our life. So the idea that you can push yourself as hard as possible for 21 days and you'll be a person who now just exercises like that forever and ever is not super likely for most humans, especially especially if you're going from nothing to an extreme exercise habit. So my recommendation is to instead pick an activity level that's reasonable, that's not significantly higher than what you're already doing, and that focuses on building lean mass and that you know you'll be able to stick to for an entire year. So let's say you are not doing anything right now, or even if you're doing a little something, just adding consistency with a resistance training program, whether it's three, four, five times a week, whatever it may be, committing to that in a gentle way, knowing that you're not going to worry about burning calories. You're not going to worry about how hard you worked or how sweaty you got. You're just going to focus on being consistent and focus on loading your muscles. It'll be a lot easier to show up for. You still might have to use willpower in the beginning, no matter how easy that task. But when you commit to a less extreme form of exercise and maybe a smaller calorie deficit, instead of trying to drop your calories really low, that type of routine is going to require a lot less willpower and you'll be more likely to stay with that for those 66 days. And at the end of those 66 days, you'll find that it's more or less a total lifestyle shift. And at that point, that's when you're going to start to see the results accumulate and snowball. So this is why I'm not a fan of the time-bound, extreme, push-yourself type fitness challenges. If you're already fit and you want to add in more exercise, you can do that slowly as well. Again, this this applies to someone who's starting from square one and someone who's already has exercise ingrained into their lifestyle. So if you're already fit and you want to add more exercise in the new year, I think that's great. You could try adding, you know, a singular 15 minute hit session, or maybe increasing your low intensity cardio a little bit and just start there. If it's too much of a change for your routine, your body will have a harder time recovering and you may have more severe metabolic adaptation and your burnout risk is a lot higher. The short-term rewards of doing this, of adding of not trying to kill yourself with an intense fitness challenge and an insane calorie deficit, the short-term rewards are a lot less, right? But the long-term rewards are way better. 
someone who started slow but kept up their habits for the entire year of 2024 will be in a much different place than the person that tried a new fitness challenge every other month but kind of yo-yoed. And at the end of 2024, they're kind of back at square one, starting over with another aggressive fitness routine in January of 2025. So start slow. There's a reason why we don't do fitness challenges, and it's because we don't want to view exercise as this time-bound thing. This You should be exercising for the rest of your life, and you shouldn't be choosing an exercise form or a, a dosage of exercise that you're not able to maintain for longer periods of time. So if you want to join us in Evlo, our motto is gentle consistency. We want to be able to give you routines and habits and evidence-based workouts that are going to allow you to be sustainable for the long term and be able to exercise for the rest of your life, not just for a time-bound short period of time that's going to make you yo-yo. So really exciting, but on December 31st and January 1st, we are extending our trial for for new members for 30 days. So usually our trial is 14 days for just two days only, December 31st and January 1st. We're extending that trial so that really, if you join on one of those two days, the entire month of January is free for new members. Within the Evlo membership, we have strength training workouts all designed and taught by doctors of physical therapy. Most of the workouts are 35 minutes. You can follow three, four, or five time per week tracks. We have travel tracks. We have minis tracks. We have all these different tracks for different seasons of your life because we want you to be able to stay consistent throughout all of 2024, not just for one month, not just for a few weeks. And we know that different seasons of the year call for different types Um, of exercise, right? Not different types of exercise, but sometimes you need um, travel workouts. Sometimes you need shorter workouts, whatever it may be, life happens. So for two days only, you can join Evlo for 30 days for new members. And in the membership, we actually have guides that were written by registered dietitians. So we have one that is about body recomposition and she teaches you how much of a calorie deficit to be in, how much protein to have, all of those things. So if you're pairing that with the Evlo workouts, you can start to see real results that you can be able to sustain throughout the year and hopefully throughout your life. So again, December 31st and January 1st of 2024, if you're listening to this after those dates, this will be expired. Um, I'm going to put a link in the show notes if you want to sign up for our email list and get notified when this goes live. You can click below and add your email and we'll send you an email when this is live and remind you. So that is it. Hopefully we see you in Evlo. Happy New Year. and We will see you all next week. Same time, same place. Bye for now.